satisfaction, and perhaps with a slight inclination to make my grandparents envious of them, that he'd suddenly become as charming as he could possibly be and was never out of their house. My grandfather would not care to shatter their pleasant illusion, but would look at my grandmother as he hummed the air of, What is this mystery? I cannot understand it. Or of, Vision fugitive. A few months later, if my grandfather asked Swan's new friend, What about Swan? Do you still see as much of him as ever? The other's face would lengthen. Never mention his name to me again. But I thought that you were such friends. He'd been intimate in this way for several months with some cousins of my grandmother, dining almost every evening at their house. Suddenly, and without any warning, he ceased to appear. They supposed him to be ill, and the lady of the house was going to send to inquire for him, when, in her kitchen, she found a letter in his hand, which her cook had left by accident in the housekeeping book. In this, he announced that he was leaving Paris and wouldn't be able to come to the house again. The cook had been his mistress, and at the moment of breaking off relations, she was the only one of the household whom he had thought it necessary to inform. But when his mistress for the time being was a woman in society, or at least one whose birth was not so lowly nor her position so irregular that he was unable to arrange for her reception in society, then for her sake he would return to it, but only to the particular orbit in which she moved or into which he had drawn her. Every evening, after a slight wave imparted to his stiffly brushed red locks, had tempered with a certain softness the ardour of his bold green eyes, he would select a flower for his buttonhole and set out to meet his mistress at the house of one or other of the women of his circle. And then, thinking of the affection and admiration which the fashionable folk, whom he always treated exactly as he pleased, would, when he met them there, lavish upon him in the presence of the woman whom he loved, he would find a fresh charm in that worldly existence of which he had grown weary, but whose substance, pervaded and warmly coloured by the flickering light which he had slipped into its midst, seemed to him beautiful and rare, now that he'd incorporated in it a fresh love. But while each of these attachments, each of these flirtations, had been the realisation, more or less complete, of a dream born of the sight of a face or a form which Swan had spontaneously, without effort on his part, found charming, it was quite another matter when, one day at the theatre, he was introduced to Odette de Cressy by an old friend of his own, who had spoken of her to him as a ravishing creature with whom he might very possibly come to an understanding, but had made her out to be harder of conquest than she actually was, so as to appear to be conferring a special favour by the introduction. She had struck Swan not, certainly, as being devoid of beauty, but is endowed with a style of beauty which left him indifferent, which aroused in him no desire, which gave him indeed a sort of physical repulsion. As one of those women of whom every man can name some, and each will name different examples, who are the converse of the type which our senses demand. To give him any pleasure, her profile was too sharp, her skin too delicate, her cheekbones too prominent, her features too tightly drawn. Her eyes were fine, but so large that they seemed to be bending beneath their own weight, strained the rest of her face, and always made her appear unwell or in an ill humour. Some time after this introduction at the theatre, she had written to ask Swan whether she might see his collections, which would interest her so much she, an ignorant woman with a taste for beautiful things. 
saying that she would know him better once she had seen him in his home, where she imagined him to be so comfortable with his tea and his books. Although she had not concealed her surprise at his being in that part of the town, which must be so depressing, and was not nearly smart enough for such a very smart man. And when he allowed her to come, she had said to him as she left how sorry she was to have stayed such a short time in the house into which she was so glad to have found her way at last, speaking of him as though he had meant something more to her than the rest of the people she knew, and appearing to unite their two selves with a kind of romantic bond which had made him smile. But at the time of life, tinged already with disenchantment, which Swan was approaching, when a man can content himself with being in love for the pleasure of loving without expecting too much in return, this linking of hearts, if it is no longer, as in early youth, the goal towards which...